and welcome to the Trinity Table, a podcast where we meet with Scripture, a podcast where we encounter God's people, a podcast where we share in God's mission of love for the world. I am Lydia Tatum, Associate Pastor at Trinity for Ministry and Missions. Today we are beginning our new podcast series on the book of Nehemiah, as we as a church study Nehemiah this season in our worship services. You may find sermons on each book of Nehemiah in our sermon archives at tbcraleigh.com, where you can also find our weekly live stream of our worship services at 1055 every Sunday morning. We do hope that you know that you are loved and welcomed at Trinity, and we look forward to seeing you in worship soon. The books of Ezra and Nehemiah have always been fascinating to me, and they have informed my theology and worldview. Yet, rarely will you find them in your Sunday school curriculum, in your devotions, or even in our worship services. These two small Old Testament books are tucked away between all of the first and seconds and a perennial favorite, Esther. Ezra and Nehemiah recount for us the story of the return of the Israelites to Jerusalem after the Babylonian exile, yet during the Persian reign. In this story of a still-occupied people, we see how God lives and breathes and moves, even amid our chaos. In this story, we can learn about leadership through patience, prayer, and planning. We learn how God works for redemption using unlikely people in unlikely places. I have always loved the role of King Cyrus, the Persian, in the redemptive story of the Israelites. That God would move the heart, as it says in Ezra 1, of someone outside of his chosen people paves the way for our Christian understanding of God's redemptive plan for all people through Jesus. In Nehemiah's story, we understand that Nehemiah, the cupbearer to the Persian king, Artaxerxes, has received word from his countrymen that the Jewish remnant in Jerusalem is not thriving and that the city is still in such ruin after the Babylonians sacked the city and previous efforts to rebuild had been on a start-stop, start-stop trajectory under the reign of previous Persian kings. Nehemiah's heart broke and he prayed and he mourned and he fasted, and he repented for their communal sin, and he sought God's counsel. And when the time was right, he chose in equal measures of humility and holy boldness to speak up and move into action for his people. This part in particular is what strikes me, his approach. In our days of social media quick quips and biting banter, where our technological veil allows us to dehumanize the other person on the other side of the computer, in a way that knee-jerk reactions and hurtful truth-telling has left us devoid of civil discourse, has taken away any room for faithful, loving disagreement, and has stripped our ability to engage in any conversation with nuance and grace. Nehemiah's slow, measured, 
and God-filled move to action isn't simply a breath of fresh air. It's a conviction of our current culture and interpersonal relational climate. And much more so, it's a conviction of our political climate. Nehemiah is serving every day with a broken heart, carrying the burdens of the state of his world on top of what must have been his own personal burdens. Each day, he went into work carrying this weight. Each day, he prayed for a way. Each day, he offered up confession, repentance, and petitions. Each day, he got up trusting that though his world was in chaos, God would continue to be faithful to him in prayer. So like many of us who wear our hearts on our sleeves, Nehemiah went into work one day with a downcast face, one that could not go beyond the king's notice. The king asked, and so he answered, yes, he was carrying a heavy burden. And when the king wanted to know what he could do, Nehemiah prayed and then answered. Take note here. This is clearly a lesson for all of us. Nehemiah prayed and then responded. So then the king granted all that Nehemiah had asked and sent Nehemiah with his blessing, protection, and provision. When Nehemiah arrived in Jerusalem, he took his time. The scripture tells us he took three days. He became acclimated to his surroundings, the people, and the scope of the job. He did not jump to a job assuming he knew what was needed. He did not come in first day on the job and announce his grand plan for fixing the mess these people were living in. He did not presume to be in possession of all the facts, of all of the skills, or of all of the plan. It was only after he had done his due diligence to God, his people, and his city that he announced his plan. The way God had had a hand in the story thus far and the way that they were all going to do it together. In Nehemiah 3, we see how each person and family group had their part in rebuilding the city. This chapter reminds us of those genealogical chapters throughout Scripture. And in it, it reminds us that God uses us in our particular situation with our particular gifts. We're reminded that not one of us can do anything on our own, but through the power of God, we are able to accomplish so much more together as a community of faith. And, as it says later in chapter 4, it reminds us that when the people have a mind to work, God's mission can and will be accomplished in and through us. This Ezra-Nehemiah story has gospel overtones all over it. As we encounter this story, Jesus' words echo in our ears. We know that, as Jesus said, in this life there will be trouble. We see trouble in this story, and we see trouble in our stories. But in faithfulness and trust, we can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. God's plan can and is being accomplished our salvation 
is being realized even when we don't realize it for ourselves. You see, our salvation does not guarantee our prosperity, physical blessing, or healing in this world. Our salvation does not secure our instant gratification for justice. It does not make all things new right here and right now. It does not repair all of our relationships instantly and without any effort on our part. And it does not insulate us from hurt, disappointment, or despair. However, our salvation does bring to us the assurance of God's presence in seasons of plenty and of want, in seasons of joy and sorrow, and in seasons of peace and in seasons of anxiety. God is always with us, and God is always working. So today, in Raleigh, North Carolina, August 25th, 2021, you might be carrying an unbearable load, COVID, and all that goes with it. Back to school for your children or grandchildren, family disagreements and seeming disintegration, concern for our Afghan brothers and sisters, feeling distant from God, burdens of health and burdens of happiness, any of these or all of the above. As we carry our burdens today, may we all have eyes to see God's good works in the midst of our chaos. May we be a people of prayer. May we approach this life with the kingdom trajectory in mind, and may we rest in the blessed assurance of Jesus. Amen.